was your last conference poor? Welcome to the Mastering Embedded Systems Podcast, Episode 20. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Mastering Embedded Systems Podcast. I'm Georg Lohrer, and this is the podcast about realizing and managing your projects within the embedded systems realm. I tell you the know-how and teach you the ways to succeed and overcome your daily obstacles and problems in project work. All of you know conferences. You might have already joined one or many. And you might be a fan of it, or you might be disappointed by them, as I am. And some of you might have already heard about barcamps, or you might have already joined a barcamp, or many. This episode was triggered by my experience during the last two months joining several conferences and barcamps. This episode should give you the opportunity to consider a different approach if you need next time come to the point of decision, shall I join this conference or not? I for myself have come to a conclusion. Stay tuned and be inspired. What's the current situation? We have traditional conferences. Wikipedia says about the conference, a conference is a meeting of people who confer about a topic. There are two types of conferences in general. There is a scientifically mandatory conference. These are regularly conferences in the scientific area which, have, uh, which are essential for your academic career. Uh, they are often biased a little bit like Professor X tells Professor Y what's going on in his area. And we have a second type of conference, that's the common area conference, and they are very often attached to exhibitions. You might have observed that already. Very often for this kind of conferences, there are famous or known persons in a specific area of expertise invited as speakers. If you become well-known in your area, sooner or later you will be invited. Or you are not known and you apply within a call of papers and get accepted, as I was within one of the last conferences. As more famous or known the conference gets, as more unknown speakers will be dropped. So you don't have a chance to become accepted as a, as a speaker. That must not be bad in general, because it's getting more attention by the thought leaders. However, it might lose the focus, so the conference might lose the focus, or its intentional or original intention. Very often this kind of conferences become some kind of a club like old fellow meets another old fellow. Let's focus, what are the intention of such kind classical or traditional conferences? In the academic environment, it's simple. It's more or less something like spread the word. So present approaches and result of your current research and uh, scientific work. In the business context, we have or very often the conferences are offering a platform for selling and presentation of products. In the underlying basic, we are intended to make money or to provide some kind of money-making for the presenters. But this episode should not be about the presenters or the, or the intention of the conference, but it should be about the participants and what the participants expect out of a conference. What do, you, what do you regularly expect if you join a conference? So from my perspective, it's very often something like a mixture of I want to get new information 
about some specific topics because therefore I joined or I, I selected exactly this kind of conference and I want to get, I want to see some kind of interesting action what's going on in this area of expertise or in this scientific area or also in this kind of development area if I tend towards the embedded systems. I want to simply see, okay, what the guys are doing there. And, and that would be the very best I want to have some kind of knowledge transfer. After the conference, I want to be more clever, more smart. I want to have more knowledge. I want to have more know-how in a particular area of expertise because I have joined this conference due to for that reason. Okay, what do the participants really get or do really not get? First, let's look at academic conferences, which is not, not my main focus in this episode. However, for to have some kind of completeness here. On academic con conferences, the main presentation is regularly done in famous magazines. I'm, I mean, very often the presenters on academic conferences have already contributed their presentation in some kind of magazines or they will, or they will, um, they will prevent to provide the very important things in this kind of conference because it's much more famous. It has much more attention in the magazines. For example, there are, you might know, the Nature magazine or this kind of medical periodical magazines like the New England Journal of Medicine or the American Journal of Medicine. Or there is also other ones in the in the in the computer science. There is, for example, the Informatics Spectrum by the German Informatics Society. Or there are other tons of other magazines with very high reputation. And then the academic conferences are more or less simply like one researcher meets the other researcher. And on the other side, we have the business conferences. Very, they are very often triggered or supported by sponsors. And these sponsors become the opportunity to get some kind of presentation slot in the schedule. So you might get faced with um, a handicapped product presentation with a slight touch of general information. So you might find yourself in a 45 minutes presentation or 60 minutes and you really don't get that much information. You are only presented or confronted with the product and its benefits and all that stuff. That might be fine, but that might be not the real reason you are joining the conference. Finally, you find yourself in a quite big group of other, let's say, victims or other participants who have the same interest, why we have joined the conference. You might have the same problems and you also have, everybody has unknown solutions. Someone of the participants might have a solution, but it's not presented because he is not the presenter or she is not the presenter. So there might be something like new techniques and approaches presented by off the mainline presenters. So somewhere you're standing around, you're having coffee, you have the pauses, you have the lunch, you have the dinner, whatever, and you get more and more interest and knowledge more or less by accident because it's not part of the regular presentation it's not a part of the conference what remains in fact of such kind of traditional conferences very often it's simply you make the best out of the worst so i mean you run some kind of best effort approach do you get aware of newest research potentially but even more interested is then in such cases you meet and you get meted by other participants. And here, my strongest recommendation, if you are joining a conference, 
please do not stand in the corner. Do not hesitate, but discuss with people. Make some simple entries, some open words. I have pref I preferably use a sentence like, how do you have gotten familiar with this context? Or how do you have gotten familiar with this topic? If you are still in the, in the presentation room. Or I say something, how do you think about this presentation? It's very easy and regularly it's a very open-minded question and you get instantly a content because very often the guys have some, some own thinking about it. Of course, everybody has some kind of thinking about it, but we are not spreading this word because we are not asked for that. So simply do it. And you get acquainted, that's simply. And then you continue in the discussion and then suddenly you have someone and if you are curious enough, and I'm regularly very curious, so discuss with the guys and get acquainted with their situation, where are their problems and what they are trying and what they are intended to join this, com uh, this conference. What was their purpose for joining this conference? You very often and regularly, it's like that, you meet new and very interesting persons. And here, it's something like the best outcome of such traditional conferences are very often the pauses and the lunchtime between the presentations. The presentations are only some kind of clue that all the guys stay together, but the main part happens outside of the presentations. I have had this kind of situation two times in the last two, two months. I joined the IoT Tech Day in Frankfurt. Um, there is uh, um, the episode 7 at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 7 where I have in the interview Markus Behrens from SAP in Germany about IoT. The conference itself was not really uh, interesting because, yeah, there are many reasons, but it was driven, every, every presentation was done by some kind of company and we, have, we were also the sponsors. So it was very related, very biased by these companies and their ways of approaching the IoT topic. But the interesting part was in between, as we met with all the guys in the, in the, in the lounge. And here it was Markus Behrens, I got very much acquainted with. And we have had after that a very interesting interview about their approaches at SAP, how IoT is, um, is essential, and especially Markus' own considerations about IoT. That was the outcome of that. And then last week, I have joined the Embedded Testing Conference in Munich. At that conference, a lot of persons were presenting company-related stuff. We have some product and we try to generalize it a little bit. The English presentations were not that effective like the German ones, but the German ones were really biased by automotive industries. I did not like that because I'm not from automotive industry, and, but it was everything was about ESO, DEAN or IEC or whatsoever norm satisfaction. Hence, embedded systems do have special requirements for testing, not only with satisfying norm criteria. For example, a regular database or web app can be tested with simulation or simile. However, within embedded systems, you might face situations like unexpected resets or power-offs, connected rip-offs or connection of rip-offs, interruption of buses, etc. I would have expected presentation topics like how to realize hard as bone integration tests or restart your system successfully even after 100 resets. Or you want to simulate testing and use virtual systems. Related topics could be 
similar to testing with script languages using Python, Go, etc. Or something like performance testing with 1,000 parallel tests instances realized with open sources. From this perspective, I have left the conference a little bit unsatisfied. But again, the main benefit of this conference was that I again get acquainted with a ton of persons, interesting characters, who have knowledge, who have problems, who might have solutions we are even not aware of each other. And therefore, I got aware of that there are general disadvantages of traditional conferences. First, you do not have any kind of impact on the speakers. Second, you do not have any kind of impact on the topics. Third, you have to take it all or nothing. Of course, you can drop individual sessions by yourself and have a coffee and discuss with someone. As I have done at one session, I got really bored about it. And when I, I, I did not join it, I left it. And outside, I found a very interesting, uh, interesting person. And we have had a great discussion for 45 minutes. That was really helpful. And that was interesting. Or fourth, very often there are no scripts or presentations provided afterwards. I have observed that, that nobody was providing his, his, his slide sets. I have forwarded my slide set of my presentation at Embedded Testing uh, in, in LinkedIn. So it's public available. Very often there is no question and ask the answer sessions after the presentation. Or we are either poor because we are too short, because there is no time, time left. Or it's not done at, at all. And the main, the main drawback here is that it's very often uh, biased by the sponsor's topics. As mentioned before, it's more or less a handicapped product presentation. And you might get even aware. You have to select whether you uh, emphasize on the general underlying topic. For example, in this embedded testing, there was a lot of, lot of presentations about tools for model-based driven testing or about change-based driven testing or about different ways how testing tools could support you in your norm fulfillment or your, no, your norm satisfaction. If you are not familiar with these norms or if you are not intended to follow that, this presentation has is of no sense for you. You have no benefit out of that. And last not least, this kind of traditional conferences, which are sponsor-based, sponsors-based, is very often only some kind of selling shows. It, I simply have to say it like that. So it's very often, although you have to quite you have to pay a quite tremendous amount of, of, of a fee for the for the conference. It was something like for the official for the official ones, it was I think 790 euros for two days. So that's not that much uh, expensive like other conferences. But as you assume you, you pay 790 790 euros to get more or less two days of product presentation, that might be too much. I consider that you also have your experiences with traditional conferences. Um, how do you regularly select your participations? I mean, what kind of constraints or conditions which need to be fulfilled for joining a conference do you have in mind? Are they ever have been fulfilled in the past? I would be really happy if you could comment on the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 20. Okay, that was the current situation. But how could we overcome that? Do you have ever heard how you can 
get the benefits out of a traditional conference without the disadvantage of such conferences. I mean, the benefit is the, the meeting with the guys. Do you have ever heard about bar camps? I proposed that to several of the guys at the conference in Munich, and not very many are aware of bar camps. What's a bar camp? According to barcamp.org, Barcamp is an ad hoc unconference born from the desire for people to share and learn in an open environment. It is an intense event with discussions, demos, and interaction from attendees. Or by Wikipedia, Barcamp is an international network of user-generated conferences primarily focused around technology and the web, where open, participatory workshop events the content of which is provided by participants. The first bar camps focused on early-stage web applications and were related to open-source technologies, social software and open data formats. Where does this strange name come from? The name bar camp is a playful allusion to the events or regions, with reference to the programmer slang term like foobar, so you know that so FUBAR is very well known for all developers. Barcamp arose as an open-to-the-public alternative to FUCAMP, which is an annual invitation-only participant-driven conference hosted by Tim O'Reilly. The first Barcamp was held in Palo Alto in California, August 2005. It was organized in less than one week, from concept to event with 200 attendees. Since then, barcamps have been held in over 350 cities around the world, North America, South America, Africa, Europe, Middle East, Australia and also Asia. Attendees have often traveled internationally to attend barcamps. The largest recorded barcamp took place in January 2013 with over 6,400 confirmed registered attendees in Yangon, Myanmar, in Burma. The January 2010 Barcamp Yangon attracted over 4,700 attendees. So, first of all, a barcamp has some kind of a self-organizing character. I will come back to that later. But more important, it's relying on passion and responsibility of the participants. So, you see the focus of intention. In the traditional conference, it's focused on someone is organizing the whole schedule, the whole topics and all of that. And here in the bar camp, it changes. It relies on the participants. That ends up in that the attendees schedule the sessions by writing on the whiteboard or putting card or cards or post-it notes on the grid of sessions, forming the schedule dynamically. Those giving sessions are discouraged from using the sessions for promotion. So, I mean, you are not intended to use your own session if you if you are accepted for one for promoting your own product. There are several well-known bar camps available. Um, you simply have to go for a look for bar camp in Wikipedia, where, for example, you see the hackathon, that's software and hardware development, or also the cloud camp, that's about cloud computing. And meanwhile, also in a different area, that are the project management bar camps. What are typical attributes of a bar camp? Although the format of a bar camp is very loosely structured, there are rules. 
all attendees are encouraged to present or facilitate a session or otherwise contribute to the event. And that's the very much difference. In the traditional conference, you are sitting in the audience and have no chance to change anything. Yeah, you, you can leave the room, of course, but you cannot change something. You can intercept the you can intercept the presentation by your question, but very often you are postponed to the very end. Everyone in the bar camp, however, is also asked to share information and experiences of the event via public web channels, including blogs, photo sharing, social bookmarking, Twitter, wikis, and IRC, and all that other stuff that's available, Pinterest, Instagram, etc., etc. This encouragement to share is a deliberate change from the off-the-record, by-default, and no-recording rules at many invite-only participant-driven conferences. It also turns a physical, face-to-face -face event into a hybrid event, which enables remote online engagement with barcamp participants. What does that mean? That simply means, due to the very having sh heavy sharing of all the details in the barcamp, even if you are not joining the barcamp, when you get familiar, what's going on there? I, for example, was joining one uh, at the, it was the Bodensee Bar Camp. That's the Lake of Constance Bar Camp. I come to that also later. And I have missed one day. There are three days and I have only, I have uh, two days and I've only joined one day. And in the second day, it was no problem. I got aware of, I simply followed the Bar Camp in the, on, on Twitter. And it was really amazing to see what's going on. What are these rules? There are some general rules. There is, for example, the understanding on the bar camp, there are no spectators, only participants. There are very often at the beginning of the bar camp, it depends on how many we are, but it, if it's something like, I have met that with the Bodensee bar camp, it was roughly 120% participants. And when you have a short introduction round, and to keep this introduction short, you only have three words to present yourself, three words. For me, I have, for example, one time done, it said, I said, mastering embedded systems. These are three words. Or I said something like, podcaster, engineer, troubleshooter. Or embedded, engineer, troubleshooter. It's very amazing. These three words, I have, ne I have never expected something like that. But if you have 30 to 40 participants, you will remember something around 10 to 15 people simply due to these three words, because they have said something which triggers and you make a direct connection to a face, to a habit and all that stuff. So it's very good. You remember these guys. And then where are the official rules by barcamp.org? I have the link in the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 20. There are seven different rules, but most important for me is the seventh rule. Presentation will go as long as we have to or until we run into another presentation. That means you are also free to shorten your presentation. If everything is said, it's said you don't have to artificially prolong your session. And then there are, of course, general, more or less individual rules. In the last bar camp, it was run by Mike Pinkston. Mike introduced that session and said, okay, please imagine in every session you join there are always the right persons in your session. To be honest, I was not really aware of what could that mean. But I, I, will, I want to make an example. At this podcaster's bar camp, I have raised a session or I wanted to clarify a question. How should I handle interviews with engineers 
who have some kind of a non-disclosure agreement signed. We cannot talk about that. And it's a very it's a very special topic. It's a very niche problem. And we were at 40 participants. And as I started the session, it was 36 of the persons were in the other session. So we were at two sessions in parallel. And in my session, it was me and three other guys. So I was really, I said, oh my God, that will end up in a disaster. One of the guys raised his, his arm. It was Andreas Raum. And we become aware of, he is a journalist from Channelcast podcast. And he explained to me, he made a session with me for 30 minutes. He explained to me in total detail what's going on, where are the problems, how I can handle it, how I can overcome challenges with, uh, with non-disclosure agreements, how to handle persons who have to suffer about it. Everything was clarified. This, this kind of paper I've written down is some kind of holy paper sheet for me. It was absolutely awesome to achieve that. And that was, it was exactly the right person in my session here. Thanks again from this situation or from this position to Andreas for this famous contribution. Um, Andreas is ac accessible at uh, Channelcast. That's a podcast especially for the IT businesses. Uh, unfortunately for you guys, it's in German, but for the one who are, ones who are capable to understand German, have a look at the channel cast. It's really amazing to get familiar with IT sales and all the other stuff around IT sellings. I just mentioned that there are, there are two sessions in parallel. How could you imagine that? If you have a lot of persons and you have a schedule, there are not only one session for all the persons, but you have different sessions in parallel. It depends on the amount of persons. So if you have, for example, 40 persons, there are, might be two or three sessions in parallel might, might be feasible. If you 100, have you 100 persons, you might have five sessions in parallel. And every session changes after something like 45 minutes or 40 minutes, 50 minutes, whatsoever. And you have some transition phase, but you have this opportunity to select your personal schedule out of the big grid schedule. You have to imagine that's a big grid on the whiteboard and you see, ah, that's that session slot and that session slot. And you, I'm interested in that and that and that. And then you compose your visiting of the, of the conference. You compose the visiting of the sessions. And that's completely different from the regular traditional conferences in which you are getting stuck in some kind of given schedule. There is also one other point, one other individual rule. You can leave and join any session at any time. That means you can leave midst inside. You can leave at the beginning because leaving or joining a session is no offense or special recognition towards the presenter. It might be simply happen or it might simply happen that you detect, oh no, that's not the topic I'm interested in. It was a different headline. I have had a different understanding. So, okay, no, no offense. I simply... I don't want to spend my time here. I go to another session. And therefore also, if you are presenting, there might happen that someone is, is simply getting up and leaving the room. At No offense about that. Of course, at the very end, if, uh, if nobody is in the room, uh, then you have to consider what has gone wrong. But maybe it's simply the wrong person's in the room. But as mentioned with the podcasters, Berkham, it was something like, I have only 5% of all the attendees were in my session, but there was exactly the right person inside. And therefore, also one, uh, one, very, special, uh, one very special rule is don't, do not be offensive 
Yeah, so that's absolutely not acceptable at any cases. That's also not acceptable, acceptable on traditional conferences. But as the bar camps are regularly very interactive, you might you might more faster run into confronted confrontative situations. What are typical session contributions? That's the one which are put to the to the schedule to the grid schedule on the whiteboard. There are three general different session contributions. First you might raise an open question. So you do have a question about the typical topic or about the particular topic. It must, of course, cover the topic of the, of the bar camp. Uh, you do have a, a question and you want to know how others do tackle this problem or handle the situation. You also might raise some kind of discussion or workshop. So you do have a topic, a question, a problem, and you provide a short input and set up the context. And when the group will discuss the topic, the question, or the problem, and tries to find and contribute new ideas or solutions. That was more or less the thing uh, what I have done with that one. Also, it was some kind of open question. So there are mixtures are available. And then the third typical session contribution are entertaining presentations. So you might have a topic and you want to share this topic and your know-how and your experience and afterwards you are willing to stand in for a question and answer session. That's essential. So very often guys do that for presenting their topic. That's what, what I will do at uh, at one of the next bar camps next week. I will, I will stay at the bar camp uh, nearby and I will have the same presentation as I have done on embedded testing about the ways how to become a successful bar hunter. I have enhanced or I've improved the presentation and I will do that and make an entertaining presentation out of that with a long question and answer session at the very end. In summary, At the bar camp, all attendees are encouraged to present or facilitate a session or otherwise contribute to the event. You might raise the question, where are these bar camps? What kind of topics do they handle? Where can I find it? Let's start with that one I've just mentioned. There was Business Podcasters Bar Camp, a very small bar camp because this topic is not very general. It's a very small and very... A heterogeneous group. However, we all have the intention to podcast for business reasons. Much more interesting here, much more broader in their in their uh, attention is the project management bar camp. I have joined the last bar camp for project management beginning of October in Barcelona. Let's have a deeper look into that one. In the show notes, you will find the link to the to the topics and the, the session topics at the bar camp in Barcelona. Only to give you an impression, what has happened where? What were topics you could expect at a project management bar camp? There was a keynote that was regularly very uncommon for a bar camp, but it was a very famous speaker. It was Niels Flagging, and he presented Organized for Complexity. Another topic was Change Management, or Games in Leadership by Jan Bello, marvelous, or Fear of Public Speaking, Improvisation and Storytelling, Projects duration in agile development. What to do if all terms are fucked up? Or decision-making and motivation. Agile leadership. Dark side of project management. The documentation. Lean coffee. Five cultural dimensions. And one, one of the guys, it was me, presented about five whys. The project management bar camp in Barcelona was for me two days. 
I got acquainted with a lot of interesting characters. I got tons of new information. I got a full load of knowledge and expertise. And I got two days for 175 euros. The next project manager barcamp will be in Dornbirn. That will be, unfortunately for you guys, it will be German only, as far as I know. So there might be some very seldom English-spoken sessions, but maybe mine mine will be the only one. I, I don't know. So, But in Dornbirn, it's something like, uh, let me see here. Currently, there are 115 attendees subscribed. There are 15 free tickets available. Still today, 11th of November, and two days for 119 euros. So if you are quick enough, get your subscription now. And it's from next week, 19th of November until Saturday 21st. The, the sessions will officially start at Friday, the 20th, and then Saturday. The two days are completely independent of each other. So you can also only join on Saturday. So if you don't have the time to join already on Friday, when at least join on Saturday. These were very particular bar camps, but there are also general bar camps. For example, uh, there is the, as I have joined this year in June, it was the bar camp Bodensee, so that's the Lake of Constance. The, the session topics were, the bandwidth was amazing. What were topics about dieting in your nutrition, how to get more sponsors for startups in biotech, and security policing using cloud computing. You see, it, it was an awesome bandwidth, but there were 120 participants, so you always find some kind of a session which is interesting, you are curious for, and which might end up in more knowledge for you, and you get the best out of it. To make this story now short, for me, bar camps are by far the better conferences. Why? I get more out of it. I get more knowledge. I get more information. I get more experience. A second point, which is also essential for me, I'm equal amongst equals. There is no top and down. There is not this famous guy who is presenting and then vanishing afterwards. Yeah, I have experienced that that often. You do not have even the, the opportunity to discuss something with the guy in the, in the post because he has already left. He's such a famous speaker and he's only spending these 30 minutes and after he's vanishing for the next speaking. And the bar camps are, from that perspective, very relaxing. I observe all the time a very good spirit. People are driven by common sense. So that means everybody is willing to attend and contribute. That's, again, equal amongst equals. And it's very relaxed and comfortable during the whole conference. These two days in Barcelona, okay, it was a marvelous matter, a tremendous uh, location in the uni old University of Barcelona, and very famous people, very interesting characters. So it, everything was inside. Okay, now the question is, how could you become familiar with Barcamps by yourself? It's simple. You have to start with it. You have to join it. You need to get the feeling how a bar camp feels. And when, if you get in touch with others joining a bar camp, you get the intention and you see, hey, for even less, less money when an official conference, you get more out of it because you have uh, exactly these guys inside also focus the same problem, especially if you get to particular conferences depending on your particular problems in your industry. That means keep your eyes open for the next opportunity to join a bar camp.
there is the barcamp.org link in the in the show notes and where very many bar camps are highlighted and you can join that. Sometimes you might have to travel some days uh, for some days and be off, but sometimes it might be simply around the corner. I was really astonished that the first, the first bar camp I have joined was simply only 30 kilometers away. So it was really awesome. And it would be very great and I do very much appreciate to see you guys somewhere, somewhen on the next bar camp. Maybe you have changed your, or you get familiar with the intention why to join bar camps, or you already have your experiences with bar camps. Do you have already joined a bar camp? If so, what was it? How was it for you? Was it the first time you have heard about bar camps? Now in this episode, please let me know. What do you think about such approach? Is it feasible for you? Do you want to try it? Give me a response. Give me your feedback. You will find it, as mentioned, at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 20. Do not hesitate to share this episode to all your colleagues, buddies, and your followers. You can click on the like or share buttons to tweet or forward this story to your preferred channel. I would be very happy if you would do that. This kind of forward announcing is the gasoline which drives me. Thanks a lot already now. Now I've given you some of the know-how and some of the ways to gracefully handle your embedded systems projects. It's time for you to take these details into your daily work for achieving your passion and finding success. I'm Georg Lohrer from the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. Thank you for listening.